The dark night was kept at bay by an undulating sea of enchanted candles creating a twinkling net that draped above the partygoers. It did not matter what the revelers were celebrating. What was important was that they were filled with energy and full of life, so much so that their joy and frenzy spread amongst the masquerade like a contagion. Bodies did not dance to the chorus of the night. In defiance, the rush of motion and the onslaught of their throes belied the bitter cold that savaged them, a cold all too common in the lands of Irison. But those gathered did not seem to mind the bite. The touch of icy teeth was welcomed with half-lidded eyes, a coy smile, and pursed lips. The revelers thrashed, glistening with sweat where cloth had ripped from previous drunken, hedonistic activities, engagements, and entanglements. Skin peeked through enticingly, or in some instances bared entirely, but hardly a soul took notice. The sight of flesh was a common occurrence at such soirees. Trills of laughter on the verge of mania erupted in the open air like peals of lightning, crashing forth to the earth unbidden by any matter in its path. Bodies swayed in asynchronous rhythm, a distorted flow that gave the illusion of unison, but where truth was rooted in discord. Long tables lay strewn about the clearing haphazardly, covered in fine linen and embroidery and laden with every type of delicacy the icy north could muster. Even then, more bites could be traced to the farthest reaches of known Galarian. Roasted meats, spreads and dips forged from every mother sauce under the sky, toast points, speared crudite, fresh fruit from the vine and tree, a reminder of the guest's power that such fresh treats were so easily popped into undeserving mouths. Desserts stood on tiered platforms in every shade of color imaginable, blushing reds, coquettish pinks, gasping blues, priestly blacks, and devilish whites. Amongst the excess, goblets stood in an array of fullness. None were filled to the brim, though. Each drink had touched a tongue, or three, at least once thus far. To say this was a party would be an understatement. This was an affair, an event, an irisini masquerade. Every attendee, no matter the state of disarray or tattered clothes or pristine garb, wore upon their face a mask. Each was unique, so crafted from the wearer's own imagination and deepest, darkest, inkiest desires, and brought to life by the hosting court's wizard. No matter that he now stood hunched on the verge of an eternal exhaustion, the wizard's powers pushed to the brink, all for the sake of such fashionable frivolity. He served his purpose, or he died. Such a wicked purpose, a wicked touch to what could have been such a drab and trite get-together. Removed from the pulsing glee, a man stood on the edge of the clearing, a sentinel to what befell his vision. He was tall like a stone column, imposing like a mountain boulder, balancing on the precipice of a pebble-strewn throughway. His skin was exposed by design to draw attention to a body that had seen so much strenuous training and needless hours racked in soreness in order to reach a physique that reigned supreme. The way he held himself, he knew that others openly gaped at his presence. Normally, he would drink deep from the stares of others, much like how a succubus sucks the life out of her victims. But tonight he was troubled. His face was of course obscured for he wore a mask. What was conjured forth to hide his visage seemed incongruous to his hulking frame. The mask seemed breathed to life by sylphs, gossamer threads of lace woven in a web of pattern to the effect of fine mesh. 
His face glowed virgin white, so untouched by color that it seemingly banished any hues that attempted to adhere to his space. Woven into the mask were two sapphires affixed to the sides of the eye holes where the lacrimal glands would be. From afar, the jeweled tears glistened invitingly. The eyes that peered forth roamed over the crowd, their intensity burning an invisible arc through the bodies, roving amidst those in attendance, roughly pushing them out of his gaze as he realized they stood between himself and what he sought. It was of no use. He was going to have to enter the fray if his task was to be accomplished. Though nothing about his demeanor changed, the air about the stony figure changed. Without warning, he began to walk towards the gathered festivities. Sans any form of pomp, the young man slipped his way into the mass of bodies. Immediately, he felt hands pulling at his frame. He swiped the interlopers away. Grunts of dismay and shock followed as he cut a swath through the assembled, uncaring of the state of the people left behind in his wake. At one point, his path was blocked by four men of similar stature to himself, a silvery palanquin hoisted upon their shoulders. Each man wore no linens on their chests, but each had a collar around their neck, with a chain leading up to the top of the palanquin itself, where presumably some person held the links taut. Their faces were replaced by leather masks molded to resemble a hound's muzzle, complete with triangular ears at sharp attention. The young, man gave this, the young man gave this ostentatious showing barely a thought. He ducked between the burly frames and under the lifted chase and continued on his way. What felt like hours to the man with the teary mask took minutes. His body slowed until he stood in the center of the roiling sea of humanoids. He tensed. Hands continued to grope him unbidden, unrelentingly uncaring of his own desires. He pushed the hands away, but not before letting them have their fill. He did not return the gesture to any of those assembled around him. Eventually, the revelers retreated away from him as he spoiled their merriment with his pissant reaction. A woman broke through the assembled persons and spoke to the man. That's enough. You are ruining the evening. All those around them stopped their fun in order to latch onto what was sure to be a delicious spectacle. The woman wore a surprisingly chaste outfit for such an event, but her face was adorned with a mask just like the rest. Hers was a solid block of translucent ice, magic to contour to her face. Her features were obscured behind the lair. Perhaps they weren't there at all. The man, like chiseled granite, responded slowly as he carefully chose his words. My sincerest apologies. This is my first experience at an Irisani event such as this. I am simply taking in all the entertainment. I'm not sure where to begin, that's all. She began to slowly circle him as she appraised him, like observing the run to the litter as the market closed down. Amusement, indifference, mockery. When she had guided herself to his backside, she stopped and announced to the crowd, We know this young man. Word was brought to us that some person was forcing themselves into business they were not privy to. All because he thought he could climb the ladder that was never his to grasp onto. Like we would ever let the ladder touch the ground that people like this brute call home. She said that final word with a mirth savored by those who relish being callous and cruel. Her words continued. How cloyingly base. You do not belong here. The young man understood the threat, but was too late to act. 
As he began to offer a response, the woman lashed out her hands to freeze the man in place. He was bound in her grasp. He had failed. Now what shall we do with you? Perhaps a vivisection? Living ice sculptures? Stretched thin and snapped and eaten and ground to dust? (laughs) Let's ask the Marquis. She shrank back into the circle of attendees as the four men from earlier entered, still bearing the silvered palanquin. Their chains rustled and clinked as a figure leaned over the edge of the lift, a goblet cupped in a gloved hand, while the other was propped under their chin as they leisurely supported themselves from their perch high above. Wrapped around their waist were the four chains attached to the men below. Their lithe frame was easily supported by them, and they sported an ostentatious mask glittering with every precious gem known to sapience in a gaudy display of wealth and excess. They wore a tunic that swallowed them, so petite was their countenance, and long flowing locks of night-black hair spilled down as they surveyed the situation unfurling below. This person radiated malice and ill will. All pretense of joviality was dropped. The masquerade was no more. The figure atop the palanquin began to chuckle, a deep, throaty voice that contradicted their delicate physique. Hmm. <laughs> Poor little farm cretin wishes to belong somewhere above his station. Well, now, that is just so repellent. Murmured laughter escaped a few mouths, but the bulk of the attendants stayed silent. The woman with the icy mask loomed within the crowd. The Marquis theatrically tapped their chin in childish pondering, then clapped their gloved hands in rapid succession. A deal! A game! Winner takes all! Bring the wizard! The man had to be dragged through the crowd, such was his exhaustion, from providing the masks for the party. He was thrown to the ground before the interloper, keeping his gaze down. He knew his place. The game is thus. Kill him, and you may stay. Don't, and we kill you. The crowd erupted in feverish delight and excitement. I will give you ten seconds. The Marquis did not finish their sentence, as Bayani grabbed the wizard's head in both hands and jerked hard in a twist. A snap echoed as the Marquis's words faded into stunned silence. The woman who had confronted him before let out a quiet gasp that no one noticed, and if her face were visible, one would have seen a glimmer of keen interest sparkle in her eyes. Bayani let the man fall to the ground like a discarded doll. He knew how to play games. He was a man who played to win. Pumping his fists into the air, Bayani spun to address the crowd. Ha, let's get this party started! Ha ha! The attendees swarmed him and accepted him as their own, bodies swallowing into a writhing mass. The masquerade was once again in full swing as they danced on the fresh corpse. The party was a roaring success. Damn, Logan. <laughs> Yikes. That uh yeah, no, Angel, that's exactly what I was thinking from <laughs> most of from most of the opening paragraphs. I was thinking like that, you know, that sucking air in through your teeth, like <sighs> yikes. 
That was exactly the reaction I wanted. <laughs> Excellent. Really well done. I also, it's just, it's also so like, um, like, uh, unseely fay court mm-hmm. stuff. I just mwah, love yeah. it. Excellent. I wanted, I wanted to make Irison seem weird. Irison does seem <laughs> weird. And like fun, but not for long. Russian. And uh, Irison seems like the great with evil witches. Like, if you've watched The Great, like, all it is is, like, people killing each other with, for no reason, sex and orgies and drinking and the rich get to do whatever they want, however they please, and the poor get to suffer. Like, that's... That's that's, exactly what I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes. And if you haven't watched The Great, I highly recommend it. It is a comical and dark, dark dark show (laughs) my only caveat to that is it is a lot so if you're not in the mood to watch something that is a lot um skip the grade (laughs) that's on hulu yes uh as you all rally from the attack on malcinder uh the remaining draclin troops quickly scatter to the winds fleeing as as fast as possible Malcinder's body is not without its spoils. On him, you find bracers of armor plus three, a silver chase scabbard uh, worth about 250 gold, uh, pennies to you guys probably nowadays, uh, and then a plus one frost scimitar called a the Rhyme Blade. Uh, basically, this scimitar is very interesting, and I'm sure this will make... Uh, Manette possibly happy. Uh, it has been forged from a single piece of razor sharp, super hardened ice. A rhyme blade automatically resizes itself to match the size of its wielder. And if a rhyme blade is damaged, the wielder can cause the blade to melt away and reform with full hit points as a full round action. Ooh, cool. uh, the ability cannot be used if the weapon is destroyed, of course. Once per day on command, the wielder can transform the rhyme blade into a beam of ice cold flame called rhyme fire. The weapon will still be still wielded as a scimitar and attacks with the blade like beam or melee touch attacks that deal 1d8 plus three points of cold damage. Uh, because the beam is immaterial, the wheel, uh, the wielder's strength modifier does not apply to the damage. In addition, a creature that takes cold damage from the rhyme fire beam is covered in clinging frost and is entangled for one round. The rhyme fire beam—that is a tongue twister. The rhyme <laughs> fire beam lasts for one minute, after which the weapon is returned to its normal form. In addition, once per day as a swift action before an attack, a rhyme blind. A rhyme blade wielder can cause the blade to glow with a pale blue radiance. On a successful attack, the rhyme blade de- deals an additional 46 of cold damage and causes the target to be staggered for one round. If the attack is a critical hit, the target is staggered for one minute instead. The effect ends after a single attack, regardless of whether the attack is successful or not. Mm. So that's a pretty cool that's scimitar. Pretty cool weapon. Really yep. Cool. I posted all that. I'm assuming that that's something Manette might want because she loves scimitars. I know she's a big fan of them. <laughs> but uh, love scimitars. Well, I think Jess awesome. is a big fan of scimitars, so thus Manette is a big fan of scimitars. Uh, I like that critical range. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys... Uh, 
as you all are kind of checking that out and collecting the spoil, Commander Faramal flies in and lands next to you. Uh, he seems to kind of hold a duality. He's weighed down by the heavy loss of life, yet he's holding a tremendous pride in the fact his people kind of held it together. Um, they, that that was a very they, the odds were stacked against them basically, and and uh, they 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 held up. Friends, uh, we have overcome so much this day. I promise there will be much to celebrate. However, and he's kind of he's kind of saying this to you as much as like the the army that's kind of coalescing around you guys as this is happening. However, let's use this time to rest and recover. Tonight we mourn our losses and say our goodbyes. Tomorrow we celebrate in their spirits and drink away the pain. Commander Faramal claps your back, Abraxas. Uh, did a fantastic job. I know you helped because you needed us as much as we needed you, but I hope you will consider we you allow us to consider you friends and heroes. Well, uh, no objections here. He's like he had just finished putting the head of the um. Oh crap! What was the guy's name? I already forgot the. Malcinder Malcinder into his meat bag. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) think think nothing of it. We were more than happy to to assist. Yeah, we are very pleased. Uh, I have told the treasurer to release the amount of treasure as we agreed on, but because you went above and beyond, I have told him to double it. (gasps) Ooh, (laughs) Pippa kind of perks up. Uh, how generous (laughs) uh speaking of double uh here my two a two-headed eagle is also yours i i shall miss them but i i very much uh hope that they will help you in your journey i have also had that i moved to your room uh and as promised uh while you venture forth into the drake lands we can take care of this this uh take care of them for you now somebody somebody got away under the effects of invisibility uh i I don't know who that who that was a spellcaster i don't know if there is anybody of note from your intelligence but they're still still active somewhere Uh, as i mentioned in our meeting uh, in our meeting before this last battle uh the Drakeland army thrives on intelligence and my guess is any, any knowledge that Malcinder gathered to, to fight against us and you all will now be taken back to, to them for, for military intelligence. So you must be prepared. Any tricks you may have used in this fight, they may know about them now. Hmm. Great silvered weapons everywhere. Huff <laughs> uh, 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 puff. Well, then it's fortunate that I think we've got plenty more tricks where that came from. I know we didn't reveal the full scope of it. Well, I hope so, because you, you, as you, as you know, that is as you uh, start venturing into the Drakelands territory to deal with uh, what you need to get. I suspect from Rax. Uh, you are going to. They are going to use every tool against you for sure. That sounds bad. <laughs> uh, however, however, I will at least off be able to get offer this and make the journey. Uh, when the, you are ready to leave, 
uh, we will fly you to the to the border, so that way you do not have to uh, journey so far uh, there. It'll help cut the time in half, essentially. Um, so uh, when you're ready, just let us know. Until then, um, I think we are going to, you know, take a, we'll take care of cleaning up here and. We'll clean up this mess. <laughs> uh, we'll clean up what's left. Uh, you all go back to your room, rest, or whatever you want uh, to go right now. Uh, you're more than welcome. To you have full reign of about the keep. Uh, cool. Excellent, thank you. I, during the entire conversation with Captain Faramal, Pippa was clinging to Argentea's back. She's still sitting on Argentea. And but you do notice that now that the battle is over, she's she's not doing good. She is she's already a very pale a very pale skinned person, but she she looks bloodless at the moment and is yeah. swaying in swaying in the saddle. She looks like she might fall. In fact, she does fall. She tips out of the saddle and starts falling towards the ground. Minette had been rushing over there from being in, like in the middle of the battle when it ended. She was literally sprinting in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a joint effort of Bayani and Minette both like trying to catch Pippa, and then she's like, "I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say that Bayani probably like shot up some earth or like a cushion of air to slow Aww. the fall, and then maybe Minette finishes the catch." <laughs> yeah, we did a little, a little. Uh, alley oop <laughs> with Pippa. Um, and Minette is just immediately, you know, pumping out the healing. Yeah. As as you're healing her, as as she fell and she gets like cushioned on the air, she kind of she she seems honestly a little drunk because she's just she's lost she's lost a lot of blood and she's just sort of not all there right now. So she kind of woozily blurrily peers at Minette and she's like, Oh, you got a lot taller all of a sudden crazy <laughs> are you Minette still laughs mo- andromeda <laughs> no right <laughs> uh you must be really 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 <laughs> not doing well to confuse yeah i got some <laughs> i don't remember what happened but i didn't like it it hurt a lot yeah was it fire uh what was it i'm not sure actually I wasn't Aww. here for that part. <laughs> it was it was flame strike. Yeah, it was fire. Yeah, I, I got lit on fire. Um, it sucked. Oh gosh, I light people on fire a lot, and I prefer being on that end of it personally. Yeah, let me take care of these burns. Please, please do that. Yes, I'm picturing a Braxis talking to Ferrum more. Ferrumal. Fuck. I mean, shoot. <laughs> Edit. <clears throat> shoot. That was a hard name. Um, he's he's probably as debonair as he's ever been and talking strategy and, you know, thanking them for their generosity. And just like he usually does, he's like, okay, I think that went well. He turns around to go check in on, you know, because Pippa some, lets him take the, the lead to kind of practice his skills. So when he turns around to go, eh, how was that? He's what? Hey, what? Hey. What's going on? And once he notices, he'll bound over, um, you know, all fours bounding over like a, a beast. Uh, what's going on up here? What? Oh, my lord. <coughs> oh, you got seared a little there. Um, a little overcooked. 
um, which is not a good look for a halfling. She takes her tiny hands and puts them on your wolfy face and just like scrunches up your fur. It's like, so pr- you're so pretty. Nice wire fur. So fluffy. As you're doing that, uh, Jim pops out of the, the cauldron that's on on uh, Abraxas's hip and comes over and gives you a hug. Oh, I miss this. This is nice. We should fight dragons more often. No, no, we shouldn't. Yeah, I could take another one right now. Oh, oh my I think a short break before our next dragon. Oh my goodness. Is that four? I think we've taken down four. You've sure taken is. down four dragons? I think we should definitely start calling ourselves the Dragon Slayers. I think that would be wow. a super cool team name, and that is what we should do from now on. Oh, <gasps> Abraxas Dragon Slayer can't you can hear it right? It just <gasps> it sounds good. His eyes sounds go real good. Starry. Ooh, that does sound good. <gasps> oh, oh, dragon dragon tattoos all around for everyone. Yes, right now, let's go. Oh, oh. maybe not matching tramp steps. <laughs> Faramal comes up as you all are having this discussion. He's, I, I'm glad that. That is something you are skilled with, because Rax, as a ancient white dragon, will be a powerful foe. Oh! Wow! You really know how to collapse a souffle, don't you? Hey, no worries. I have some things up my sleeve. Um, Minette, just to flex uh, on everybody, does a little aura, you know. All of you are within 10 feet now. Um, so she just like activates her two of her smite evil. So all of you can now like feel that you are able to smite as she does <gasps> that. That's yeah. the aura of around you. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. It tickles. Yes, feel the power of Kepri. We have. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling it. Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's something. We've got this. Uh, <laughs> Don't you worry. She like reaches up towards Sparamon, like waggles a finger at him. He's like, we're professionals. <laughs> she is really out of it. Maybe we should uh, head back. Yeah. Sparamon <laughs> actually waves over and two, tra- uh, two Triaxians come over with a cot to like basically put Pippa in the cot and like help <laughs> take, her t- t- take you guys to your room. <laughs> oh, you'll be good, little pea so good. She like reaches out a little tiny fist. Bump this. <laughs> he very delicately bumps it back. <laughs> she does the little ex- hand explosion thing and then I uh, think she goes to sleep. <laughs> and as she does the hand explosion thing, a little bit of fire comes out. Like, <laughs> nice. Like literally the last of her magic for the day. Yeah. <laughs> Get this woman to a bed. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and follow them. If I could leave you two, uh, you know, mention to or you know, nods to uh, Manette and Bayani uh, to handle any of the other details. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. right. We With that, that, he turns into a full wolf. So now he's his wolf wolf form and is just plopping it alongside the cot. So as we're walking back or heading back, whatever our means of travel. 
Manette is sort of just eyeing Bayani. She's having a lot of mixed feelings right now about him. Mm -hmm. Like, she sees him as a friend already. She sees him as a good ally. But she is very concerned about multiple things (laughs) going on with him. Not only, like, his mysterious past, what Pippa's told her about that, and whatever is going on in his chest. You know, the fact that he keeps... This is more out of concern for him, but the fact that he keeps like passing out in the middle of battles, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like every <All> battle. <laughs> it's the character class. <laughs> That's called LOC lapse of consciousness. Little, yeah, little, you could edit this out, but it's a little DMV speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she. So she's just kind of she's just kind of looking at him. Out of the corner of her eye, and um, eventually she says, Bayani. Um, he stops. He he's this whole time has just been playing with the rhyme with the rhyme blade and just be like, <laughs> ha, 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 as they're walking, just like kind of trying to spin it like you do. And so, and then he like accidentally fires off one of the ice ice flame blast whatever it was oh my god God. (laughs) and so like he like stops mid he's like oh yeah uh well do you want me to stop playing with this (laughs) i I mean you don't have to i but you know do be careful (laughs) oh yeah 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 yeah. i guess you really do really not remember anything from your past oh well, that's a doozy of a question, Rooney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the answer is yeah. I Not do even... remember. Wait, you do remember? Yeah, I remember like bits and pieces. Like, I remember I remember my little bro, Caballero, little shit. Oh, <laughs> he was annoying. I remember my parents. They were always on my ass. They're annoying. They always want me to do things. Yeah. Where would you say they, you know, all those annoying people, mm-hmm. where would you say you were when you were being oh. annoyed by them? They were in Erison. I told you. I'm from Erison. Okay. Right. Yeah. But like, hmm. <laughs> and then she just kind of goes quiet. <laughs> just walking along. <laughs> <laughs> just bopping with a sword. <laughs> she, she's trying to figure out how to get anything out of him, like mm-hmm. more substantial. Because, like, being direct isn't working, being indirect isn't working. <laughs> Basically, so, like, there's that weird silence, and Manette doesn't know what to say. And then Bionni just finally goes, like, Well, it's, it's odd because, like, I remember my youth. And then there it's, and then all of a sudden there's just mm, some blank. And then I wake up and I see you. Do you remember immediately before the blank? No, I, I remember, I don't remember visions. I remember sensations. I remember, I remember feeling angry. But now I'm not. (laughs) So that's cool. You know, Manette, have you ever been in that situation where someone 
really harshes your vibes to the point where you want to murder them and then you kind of do murder them and then like you kind of beat up the body a little bit that's how angry i was but now i'm not so it's fine it's chill Bayani, i honestly can't say i've ever had that emotion and minette's oh, I- face is very dour as she says that <laughs> oh i thought that was like a common thing everyone went through like puberty no, I've uh, certainly been angry. Uh, hmm. Uh, not like that. Really? Because, oh. like, I feel like, and he's, like, really, he's, like, really, he's doing that Winnie the Pooh thing where he has one arm crossed over his shoulder, and he has the rhyme blade, and he's, like, tapping it against his forehead, going, think, 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 think. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, well, because oh, he, oh, oh, you make my head hurt, babe. But, like... <laughs> I think I would, the anger, mm, it's from, I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. Like something's literally missing. Like it was taken. Yeah. Maybe that's what that rift in your chest is. Something oh, was this taken. Thing? Yeah. And replaced with something else. Mm, you mean the, you mean the gems on my chest above my heart? Ha <laughs> ha. That's funny. The did you say gems multiple? Well, I don't know. There's like little bits and pieces. I figured it was, I don't know, is it one big gem or is it lots of little flecks? That's, I don't know. That's a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a lot of questions minute. you have about your body. <laughs> <laughs> asking yeah. someone who couldn't possibly know <laughs> yeah. this is such a this is like such a serious moment but also you know Manette is doing the woman doing math face and like because she's already thinking about like uh, this conversation is already bringing up a million other yeah. questions so, <laughs> I apologize I can't be any more <laughs> Oh no, no. We're we're gonna this is a good this is a good obfuscation conversation. This is about all we can get from it, so mm-hmm. which I think is good. It adds to the mystery. Um mm. so yeah, M- Minette is just stroking her chin really thoughtfully looking at Bionni still and yeah. just considering everything they've talked about and like if he he maybe chattering to her the whole way back but she is just like she she's giving polite responses but she is now deep in thought about this <laughs> and has even more concerns and will probably bring them up with Pippa and Abraxas <laughs> yeah um, and I think like the end of the conversation it just completely dies down and at the very end Bionni just like he, he, he turns to Manette and he just goes yeah I really hope you never lose something like I did. And he just walks away. That literally, because my reaction was just my mouth like opened a little bit and I couldn't even say anything. That's pretty much what happens to Minette. <laughs> she just feels like the wind knocked out of her by that statement. <laughs> yeah. She has no idea. Like it, it, it's so heavy, but he said it so lightly. Um, <laughs> That's Bayani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like now it's, it's still that, and it's still that balance in it of with her right now where it's like, I'm concerned for you and I'm concerned about you. And what the <laughs> hell did you just say to me? What is going yeah. on, bro? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what did I just say? I don't know. Was it a threat? I don't know. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it felt like a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but he's it's too is it was it too peppy to be a threat? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> too peppy was, to be a threat is the name of this episode. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I'll put that on the thing. Uh, yeah, please share your concerns mm-hmm. amongst the group. I apparently like to make suspicious as fuck characters. I wasn't ever that suspicious of. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. (laughs) That's just Bayani's theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Bayani is just a combination of the uh, what was the two people from uh, Parks and Rec and And, his sister uh, and his sister. He's just just the combination of those two put together. (laughs) The fusion. Yeah, but in a way that's like I don't know. It's Bayani, like Bayani, kind of started out as sort of like a really sort of like casually funny, like not a joke character exactly, but you know, like definitely like felt it. He felt like really like sort of a nice breath of fresh air, comic relief sort of character. But as time has gone on, Logan, Bayani has gotten unsettling. That just <laughs> like that juxtaposition of of someone who has such a completely violent past and ha- and still has incredibly like deep a deep deep well of anger and and violence issues. Um cu- like in concert with his really like cheery kind of like <laughs> kind of kind of himbo-esque attitude it's just it's it's unsettling he's a dustin we're we, we are succeeding scary. dustin yes <laughs> and, and then you need to add in the also the part that he, in the few episodes he's been in because he's only been here for like 10 20 episodes at this point in the 20 episodes in here he's probably done more damage collectively than all of you for the entire show i was about to say i think i've one shotted three (laughs) enemies at this point yes you have um and that's that i this is this is you know we haven't recorded our bonds episode yet as of as of this recording but that is something that pippa has taken note of in her in her bonds with bionni Mm -hmm. is just like a he's extremely powerful he seems unstable. <laughs> it's like a nuclear core. Like he also seems like he also seems kind, and I, I I like having him around, and he's a good member of the team. But yikes! He's like a nuclear bomb. From a security standpoint, it actually provides a lot of like safety. But if it ever goes off in your back uh, where you live, <laughs> it's gonna be horrible. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I, it occurred to me as you were saying that, Abby, I was like, that was my intention with Andromeda, too, to make someone whose juxtaposition of being of a childish, peppy, uh, innocent, naive little girl who has, like, mutilated corpses and, like, sucks blood and stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. I, it, it, that's where, like, when I've had them in my head, I'm like, they have this connection that's instant, like, feels instantaneous to me, and I don't know why. And it finally clicked that that's why, because they mm-hmm. they yeah. have that in common, it feels like, some, I think, some hidden darkness. I think we're two sides to the same coin, but we're very different, which mm-hmm. is why we're connected, <laughs> but on different faces. It's like the emo mm. emo kid and like the super peppy, yeah. I don't know, cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. But then they go all dark <laughs> phoenix. <laughs> so you all finally gather and I think Pippa, you're finally feeling healed up and you're you all are kind of 
relaxing in the comfort of your your basically your condo of a of a of a living space here at Spurhorn. Uh, as I mentioned, when Okay, with the exception of Abraxas, who in wolf form is kind of curled up next to Pippa in the uh, kind of what communal, the Gryffindor common room. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Space. Uh, yeah. Keep so an eye out. In the, so you all are sitting in the kind of the common area because there's these lush kind of center area, and I think I explained it in the very beginning that it has like two steps down into this circular area that's full of pillows and not very comfortable like lounges and stuff like that. And in the center of that now is a pile of treasure. Um, so I'm sure you all are having a little fun diving through that because among the uh, 291 platinum pieces. 2,442 gold, 2,850 silver pieces, 12,800 copper pieces. There are also half a, more than actually, not half a dozen. There are a, over a dozen different gems littered throughout this. There is art in there, including a gold mask, uh, some masterwork weapons, and then a whole like bunch of random magic items. And I'm not even going to read them all out um, just because it's just a bunch of kind of some of it might be useful for you, but I have a feeling most of it you're going to just turn around and sell. Um, so um, so I, I'm going to say that this is the next morning you all are going through this loot. You probably went to bed and uh, and woke up and kind of just doing that. Abraxas had, has already cooked you all food. We'll go ahead and roll me that uh, profession cooking there, Abraxas. By the way, while he's doing that, in that case, if they all went to bed when they got back, um, Andromeda is here today. I feel like Bionni's just having a money fight. <laughs> He's just throwing coins at people. <laughs> Andromeda and like, throws uh, the gold mask at you, like Frisbee style. <laughs> Bionni catches it with a wind, and then he puts it on his face like, Oh, who am I? <laughs> no, I'm alive, not that dead dragon. <laughs> Pippa's lying on top of the pile of golden gemstones as if she was a dragon and sort of dreamily running her hands through the gemstones, admiring the sparkle, picking them up, holding them up to the light. Andromeda starts whipping you, Bayani. <laughs> There's a whip in there. Whip. There's a whip. Oh, there's in a there. whip. <laughs> he like turns around and is like, oh, bad, bad. <laughs> she goes, don't do that. And then drops uh, it. <laughs> She's like, you made it weird. Oh he uses God. the wind to pull you closer. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to dance instead? And he starts dancing with you and like floating above the gold pile. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, yes. Show off, why don't you? She spreads her wings and just, like, blasts up away from you. (laughs) Now who's making it weird? (laughs) I always make it weird. (laughs) Probably Abraxas is just asking questions about the different gems. You know, he's not all that great with money. (laughs) See, what's for breakfast? I rolled a 32 profession cook. Well, well, what you cooked was amazing. You did not pass. You did not get. You are not getting Aww. your plus one for the day. 
I, I told you it was going to go up with time. It's going up. Uh, so, uh, but what you did took was and it, probably one of the most amazing breakfasts they've ever had. Just not good enough to get yourself a bonus point for the day. Still enough to be gourmet, though. Gourmand. Mm-hmm. I put aside <laughs> the... Um, it's, so it's a, kind of like a scrambled egg with kind of like a sausage inside with hash browns. So like your old, you know, traditional breakfast. But there's like a side plate a couple of plates because then he used the um malcinder it's like chopped up malcinder tongue so like a little lingua because it's a a tender meat so he has that on the side and he invites anybody to to you know to uh you folks are welcome to try but if it's not uh, in alignment with your palates uh I definitely will finish off the plates. I don't think they're going to go to waste if you don't want any. <laughs> you made Melcinder sushi. <laughs> yes. Melcinder um, lung tacos. <laughs> Amazing. Oh Some God. lengua. Mm-hmm. I think Bayani picks up a piece of the lengua and he just goes, oh, I guess this is one way to French kiss a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making it weird, Bayani. <laughs> <laughs> that one was tame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's um, what we okay. do <laughs> yeah. so uh you all uh gather up your gold uh by the way the double-headed eagle is well trained and sits on its perch uh it i think at some point uh <laughs> you uh Braxis, you catch it eyeing the tongue of the of uh of the meat like it, it oh, kind of like you, they, they want they want to taste uh so you can kind of just throw two pieces their way if you want oh uh, here's the, the raw stuff yeah <laughs> the cooking adds something but also takes a little bit something away here's some of the raw stuff i'm keeping for myself. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I could see you going here. We're going to be gone for a while and you use the rod of meat. Just, just leave them a big pile of meat. <laughs> blue, 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 blue. Andromeda does uh, awkwardly ask if you have any blood. <laughs> <laughs> From Melcinder, she's like, I, just, just a nip. Oh, yes. I kept, I kept the head. Um, just a little hair of the dragon. I didn't want to take the wings while the other... The other uh, dragon, draconian creatures were there. I kind of snuck the head into my bag. But uh, yeah, lots of squishing around. <laughs> Plus, he uses this magic. He has that like purify food spell that he uses. to. You guys go blood them. fight. You start throwing blood at each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gasps> Bloody Marys. He makes us a couple of Bloody Marys and we're just like oh sipping them. Yeah, and uh, Andromeda I, has a bit of uh, cheek flush from that. <laughs> uh, as you all are prepping up, uh, Commander Faramel, well, one of Commander Faramel's uh, guards shows up. Um, and uh, if you all are ready, the the uh, we ha- our dragonkin here are ready to escort you to the at least those of you who don't fly. Uh, and looks over at, at Andromeda, who has her wings out, and Braxis probably are in Bionni, just kind of floating around mm-hmm. uh, to escort you to the Drake Lands. Um, Argentea runs up and just in her cat form, like, like <laughs> ooh, ooh, dragon, yes, now, can do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I guess at that point, it's just a Braxis who gets a Drakeland or gets a dragonkin to ride on. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't fly. Yeah, Andromeda also needs one because these only last for like eleven minutes a day. 
Oh, okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) So you all journey over and you see the... It, it's kind of a it's kind of an interest it is in a very interesting situation because you are going back over the land you had journeyed through so quickly to avoid the Draglin's army. It is now just kind of it's now just a disaster area. You see cut down forests, the Draglins cut down to make their battlements. You see <gasps> uh water all dammed up. Uh, Abraxas, you're probably horrified at oh, just like how the, the destruction that they caused. The, the whole land is just wrought with destruction. Uh, you do know, Abraxas, though, that nothing here is permanent and that with time it will grow back. Um, but they definitely did abuse the land. Um, and it's a shame, too, because even in snow, you can tell that this area is beautiful. It is, when it when untouched and left pristine, this is probably some of the most unique environment. What you find most interesting is that the trees are actually different colors. You know, in where you grew up, the, what is it? What is pine trees? Conifers? Basically. Uh, basically, the conifers you grew up around, you know, were green and, and shades of green. Here, the conifers are all kinds of different colors. They're pinks and purples and and all everything in between. They tend to take almost like a, what you would consider springtime colors. And when the sun hits them, it hits the snow and makes the snow just a palette of different colors. You fly through these forests or what's remains of them and up over these tall mountains. And you remember these are the mountain ranges that uh, the hut is now hiding upon and they are some of the tallest mountain ranges like they remind you a lot of what was the mountain range the Kodos Mountains the Kodar Kodar Mountains uh, are are small in comparison to these these giant mountainous range in fact you know that if it wasn't for the Drakeland's ability to fly they probably would never be able to get over these ranges easily or be able to build what they needed to do to let their armies in uh and you fly to the top and and pippa you feel your chest get a little tight because the the air is just so thin here mm-hmm. um any uh, i think everyone else is kind of built for for that uh but you aren't you're used to, you're a lowlander so um y- y- you feel your chest getting tightened but you're able to get through just fine and finally, you you arrive on the other side of the mountain range, and they land and drop you off right in there. Go, we don't dare go any farther. They are on specific watch for us. But if you go down the, if you go this direction, and they kind of pull out a map for you, uh, you will be able to, uh, you will be able to meet Rex. Um, we appreciate all you've done, and we will wait here for your return. And you turn, and you can start journeying forth. Abraxas is like a big map fan. Anytime there's like scenes with maps, he's always like, like the first one to grab it and look him over here. He's just away from the conversation, just kind of pacing because he's just so disturbed from the scenes because that's what he does back home is if it wasn't, if he wasn't ensnared by Baba Yaga, he would have been doing anything he could to stop that army. Like if it was back on Galarian, we, you know, guerrilla warfare, using all the spells at his disposal, calling out for other druids to, (laughs) you know, stop the army, slow them down, or at least mitigate the damage that they're doing. But he can't do that. So flying over that is just, uh, you know, it's hard for him to, to see and then know, he wants to go back there. That's that's 
that's his calling and he can't do it. And so he's upset. He feels useless. And also, you know, he probably keep, he's, he's, he hasn't done it a while, but now, you know, he's scratching maybe subconsciously at the, the gayest mark again, just because that's the only thing keeping him from doing his, his natural duty. So he's just kind of a little bit off from, from the, I think from the group, just, pacing you know pacing a little bit on the top of the snow not sinking in leaving no footprints <laughs> full-on legolas from lord of the rings um just just pacing andromeda looks at abraxas and grins and then uh her bones all start cracking and she turns into a white wolf <gasps> oh, that's crazy oh, that cheers him up <sighs> It's horrifying to watch, but it is cool to, <laughs> when it happens, <laughs> when it's done. <laughs> uh, Abraxas is instantly cheered up. Um, oh, Andromeda, you look fantastic. That's a healthy <laughs> coat right there. Oh, wait. And he, his yellow eyes, he takes a couple of deep breaths. His yellow eyes go kind of like the violet Andromeda color. And his Ooh. bones start sh- creaking and shifting and he turns into a Dionychus. <laughs> Andromeda does a little like um like happy noise. She can't make any she can't talk right now. <laughs> Cause unlike you, this is not like a long term thing she can do, but uh yeah. You she, actually she can does like a happy, happy noise. Uh, uh Braxis, you notice that you can uh, understand um, yeah, it's a native tongue. Andromeda. Like, yeah, well, native well, uh, yeah. Besides the wolf, uh, uh, your, uh, uh, whatever was granted to you to speak with uh, Jim, for some reason, is working with Andromeda as well. Uh, so you're not even Weird. like, like you could actually hear conversation. Like, like telepathy? Like, yeah, like kind of like a, a limited telepathy kind of thing. Whoa. Weird. This, <laughs> this is weird. Bacon. Bacon. That's him doing the mic check. Bacon. <laughs> Andromeda so, does a doggy head tilt. <laughs> <laughs> so you all start to head into the forest and moving along. <laughs> Eleven minutes later, she's back to being a a, per- a person. By the way, <laughs> it yeah, lasts yeah, literally yeah. eleven minutes, and then she's like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> same, same. I burned one of mine, but it was totally worth it. He'll switch back into a wolf though. After that, he'll take your wolf place. <laughs> So you all are moving along and, uh, you know, it's for the most part, it has been very quiet. Um, you suspected you would run into more resistance, but you just haven't. And eventually you start to hear some, some howls, Abraxas. Ooh. And uh, like, like, not like wolf, but like you oh. and werewolf form kind of howls. Oh, is and it a, oh, let's just finish. Sorry. It is a it is a plea for help oh. and uh, like panic. Ooh. Oh yeah, th- okay, cool. Because that was going to be my first question. Oh, what what type? You know, what type is it? So once he picks it up as uh, a distress call, um, he'll shift from wolf to man. I I hear a, a call uh, for help from it. <clears throat> It's vocalized like, um, well, like my, my people, my kin, which 
<sighs> Arguably could be dangerous for you folks, but I'd, I'd rather... I'd rather investigate just in case they, they, they truly need help and aren't... Of course. Uh, ...aligned with evil. We can investigate. We should be extremely cautious, though, because we don't we don't know what's going on out here or what might might or might not be a trap intended for you now that they've seen us. <sighs> That's true. Um, everybody has uh, their silvered weapons. Uh, oh, Bayani, do you have a, a silvered weapon? Uh, no, I just got this bitchin' dagger called Bayani's dagger. <laughs> uh, I, I will, I will, I will say that this is uh, like, oh my god, I'm being attacked, kind of like vibe. Like it's not like I don't, I, I don't think you necessarily have a lot of time in this scenario. No, I, I, uh, he's just doing a quick check, and yeah. with that, I'll do a. Um, I, I'm gonna go ahead. Um, Wait, hang on, one, oh, oh, one quick second. Oh, yeah. And Pippa's going to cast uh, Invisibility on everybody. Ew. Just, so, oh. just to give us the drop on whatever's going on. And you'll notice uh, for the first for the first time that you can recall, she's, she doesn't take out a wand. She just touches each of you on the <gasps> shoulder. Ooh. Ooh. Someone leveled up. No. Someone got a level. <laughs> so as, as you all are moving forward carefully, I'm not going to worry about worry about it. you do not need to roll perception checks because you very quickly see what's happening what's weird abraxas is she looks like a werewolf but is not a werewolf it, it, you see that there is this creature that looks like a very familiar werewolf trapped against a, a stone wall of a ravine and four ursicas oh. are slowly oh. ba- barreling oh. in on them the Fantastic Worlds podcast is a Fantastic oh. Worlds production. Oh, Me. no. I wanted to use my new skeleton arms. I've got stuff. Oh, <laughs> those things. Oh, my yeah. God. I just realized those things are really nasty to fight. I have yeah, things. this is going to be rough. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you can't get enough of the FWP crew, we recommend connecting with our fantastic community. You can do so by joining the conversation on Discord and Reddit or following us face, following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find links to access all of those on our website, fantasticworldspod.com. Want even more FWP? We produce two other actual play podcasts, Far Beyond the Stars, our space opera featuring the Fly Free or Die Adventure Path, or you can listen to our Patreon-exclusive show, The Greatest Show on Earth, featuring the Pathfinder 2E Extinction Curse Adventure Path. To find out more about that podcast, join today at fantasticworlds.cash. I am Dustin Prime. You can find me at Dustin Alexander on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Abby, and you can find me at Bonanza Famine. This is Angel. I can be reached at Espinoza916. This is Jess. You can find me at Hank the Clank. And this is Logan. You can find me at MainMan08. Claw. Oh, sorry. I was waiting for someone else to go. Uh, theme song was composed and played by Amy Hawkinson. Thank you, Sirenscape, for using your sound effects and music. If you enjoyed us, the sh- if you enjoyed us, the show, if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and help spread the words to friends and family you think may enjoy the show as well. Till next time, I hope you have many fantastical adventures. Clown question mark.
The Fantastic Worlds podcast is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Pathfinder Adventure Path Reign of Winter is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2013. All Paizo content in this podcast is used with permission. Andromeda commits a microaggression and asks you what your wolf eyes see. <laughs> your wolf <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I see destruction. A wizard should know better. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> um. <laughs>